0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome one. Welcome all. It is Tuesday, November 1st, 2022, 5.04 p.m. Central Standard Time, not 7 Central Standard Time, but uh, the World Series is on. We want to be... Um, respectful of that for a lot of people. We know that, you know, you got a lot of baseball to watch. That includes myself. My Houston Astros are going to take a 2-1 lead tonight. Obviously, my name is RJO Cho. You know me from all throughout the Blog and the Boys universe. This is the Blog and the Boys roundtable streaming live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel where you can watch it live or watch it after the fact. You can also listen to the Blog and the Boys podcast network, and the episode is available there for you uh, at your own convenience. You can see, hear, read all of these fine gentlemen all across the Blog and the Boys universe. We start first. With our twelve o'clock position coming in at six foot one, he runs a four two, 40 yard dash. The one and only Tony Catalina. Which of those was a bigger lie?
2: The six foot one. <laughs> I'm about five six, so. Do you think you
1: are fast? Is what you're saying? Oh, like, I don't know, no.
2: I'll- I'm, I'm slow and short. So the just tri- putting back that there. out there.
1: Uh, coming in on the top right corner of your screen, he has not shown up for a roundtable in quite some time, but he was very passionate about this particular one. In fact, he threatened to exile Dan Rogers from the continental United States if he did not get to be a part of it. It is the one and only Tom Ryle. Tom, what is your favorite color? Green. Okay, your voice sounds very far disgusting. away. So maybe work on that for the next time we, uh, we come to you. Uh, the aforementioned Dan Rogers, how would you have felt if you had been exiled from the continental United States? Hawaii or Alaska?
3: Oh, well, I've never been to Hawaii, so, you know, I, I think I'd be okay with it.
1: Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I see Vince Young is at Game 3 of the World Series. Micah Parsons also slated to be there. David Howman, uh, which of those two players did you enjoy more at the collegiate level?
4: Um, definitely Micah Parsons, uh, wow. even though he wasn't used the right way in college.
1: You're so you're saying you enjoyed Micah Parsons in college more than you enjoyed Vince Young in college. I went to Texas A&M, and I know that that's the wrong answer, David. Well, I,
4: I've I've never rooted for the Longhorns, so I, I can't answer Vince Young.
1: Wow. Wow. Um, Kevin uh, asked Tom what you said your favorite color was. um, And he said green. Um, So an automatic. I'm not going to take points away from you, Tom, but I imagine the crowd will. Uh, They took points away from the next analyst we're going to get to. But I should say on the subject of points, AJ already gave David Howman seven points uh, to start. Kevin has taken five points away from David says Vince was awesome. Uh, but Brandon, uh, Brandon Clements, uh, icebreaker 21 on Twitter. Uh, you lost points for wearing green. Tom didn't do. I, well, maybe Tom did. I can't tell. Uh, there might just be some funny lighting. Uh, this is but, blue. Um, you know, I don't know. But Kevin, Brandon says minus five, Tom for green, Tom green, a person in his own right. So things are getting really confusing here, Brandon.
5: Yeah, hundred percent. I had to wear orange tonight, but it's not for uh, Houston Astro Colors. Uh, minus it's five not. points. Yeah, is it for the Syracuse,
1: it. Orange? Syracuse
5: orange? Syracuse orange basketball exhibition tonight, so I'll be watching that while everybody else is watching the World Series. Wow.
1: Well, in case anybody wants to uh, take points away from Brandon, his favorite NFL player of all time, Donovan McNabb, I think. Um, oh, so. oh, whoa,
4: whoa. <laughs> Marvin Harrison.
1: Uh, it is what it is. Um, I, are you talking Junior. Is that just to be clear? I mean, like or you way? Know, you I mean, junior's,
5: junior's pretty darn good, but I mean favorite favorite SU player of all time that I watched was Marvin Harrison for sure.
1: Right on. Raymond Solis says Astros, so I love that. Um and uh yeah, we have some awards to give out, Tony, as I buy myself time to set the show up because I was late. Uh what award are you most looking forward to discussing with Dan Quinn positioned below you on the screen for the podcast audience?
2: Yeah. Um I like talking about the team MVP. You know what I mean? I like I like talking about somebody that's, uh, you know, it's it's funny. This team is, I said it before, I didn't think there'd be six and two. So obviously some people had to play well and step up. So I'm excited to, to talk about some positive things here.
1: Before we get into our awards discussion, we have a few bits of news and notes to start the show off with. And uh, Tom, we'll start with you. See if your audio Uh, has been corrected or not. Uh, I'd say about an hour, hour and a half before we started streaming this live, the Dallas Cowboys announced that they have waived defensive tackle Tristan Hill. Hill, of course, their second-round draft pick in 2019 uh, was a second-round pick, but it was their first selection, as we all know, what with having traded away the first-round pick for Amari Cooper the season prior. Um, This felt really obvious when they traded for Jonathan Hankins last week. What goes up must come down. They were going to have to make room one way or another, but Tristan Hill, the odd man out, Tom Ryle.
6: Yeah, I... I wasn't surprised terribly by it happening. Oh, so you know everything, Tom. Okay. All right. No, I said I wasn't surprised. And as the guy directly below me pointed out on Twitter, this just shows how deep that defensive line group is uh, for the Cowboys. In the fact that, you know, Hill was having maybe his best season with the Cowboys. And I actually, I think that's probably true. And yet, they can move on from him and probably not weaken the team at all. Uh, we'll be curious to see if they try to get him back on the practice squad or if he gets picked up by somebody else now that he's waived.
1: Dan, Tom called you out. Um, do you think this is – we had heard a lot about Tristan Hill over the last few years. There was the, uh, the infamous falling asleep uh, in the team meeting that Isaiah Thomas was a part of. I think it was Isaiah Thomas. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, but um, he had – Kind of turned the corner and it felt like nobody really gave him his flowers for that. He had a really great start of the 2020 season. He was lost in the same game that Dak Prescott was. Uh, but I think he had just it, it was it was he was never gonna come around that corner in a lot of people's eyes, Dan.
3: Well, I mean, for starters, I am surprised. Uh
1: I, I think he was a guy that we picked,
3: uh could would be a final roster cuts you know, casualty. Uh, but after what we've seen this year, I mean, he's been playing well, as Tom said after talking about what I said, you know, he's the best season, you know, of his pro career. Uh, so uh, to me, I was a little shocked. So I, I'm really curious to know what is going on. I mean, you know, we were just talking about Gallimore, what's happening with Gallimore. We don't really know. So, uh, but well, we do know this, we can't have 14 defensive linemen. So the Cowboys are going to have to make some decisions along the lines. And I, you know, it's the Cowboys are just really good. Osa's really good. You know, Bo's really good. And now we got Hankins in the middle there. So, I mean, somebody's, there's just not room for everybody. So, I mean, Hill Hill was only playing 30% of the snaps anyway. So, I mean, it's just, I think it's, they have to make room unless there's something weird going on that that we don't know about.
1: Mm. um any thoughts? I mean, I hate to be that that blunt about it, but this is just kind of the Cowboys have a lot of depth. I mean, this is, this is like, I don't know anyone who's like really up in arms about this. This is kind of an obvious thing. He's in the final year of his contract. The Cowboys reportedly tried to trade him, but nobody was going to take him on. Um, knowing they had half a season, you know, worth of Hill, you know, no, nobody was going to pay a lot for that is my point.
4: Yeah. I And I think, uh, I, I think what Dan was saying about how you've just got so many numbers on the defensive line is, is absolutely right. And uh, obviously on the interior, but they're also close to getting Terrell Basham back. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people had said, maybe they're going to try and trade Basham. Um, I always thought that was not the best idea because I think he's one of the better, Run defenders on the edge that they have, uh, aside from Demarcus Lawrence, who uh, I think is probably their best run defender. Um, so, you know, they they brought in Hankins to shore up the, the interior on the run defense side. Basham hopefully coming back and can help with the run defense on the edge. And then it just becomes a numbers game. And you know, Osa and Quinton Bohana have been playing great. And then it seems like you know each of the last two weeks they you know one week Gallimore was inactive. This past week, Tristan was inactive. So Kind of felt like they were choosing between those two, and I think, you know, they just looked at it as well. We have Gallimore on on a cheaper deal for uh, two years longer, Um, so we're going to go with that upside.
1: Hmm. Brandon, there are now three players remaining on the Cowboys roster from their 2019 draft class: Connor McGovern, Tony Pollard, and Donovan Wilson. Are any of them on this roster in 2023? If so, who?
5: Oh, I sure hope it's Donovan Wilson. I mean, obviously Tony Pollard. Wow, awesome. Brandon
1: hates Tony Pollard. That is what he no, just that, said.
5: I just, I don't think I, I think Jerry Jones likes Ezekiel better than Tony Pollard. So I don't know. I think Tony Pollard with that three touchdown game he just had this past week might have just uh, got his uh, got a nice fat contract coming in the off season. So I don't know if Dallas can afford him. So mm. it could be, it could be one of those situations where he's priced out. So I would say Donovan Wilson would probably be the most the most likely of the three. And what I like, Pollard, yeah, Pollard would be my first choice. But I think most likely, Donovan Wilson and to, to get back with uh, Tristan Hill, it's just he's had a good a good year. But it's it's strictly a, it's a numbers game. There's there's so much depth and and like we were talking about, Hankins just got traded you know traded uh, you know to the Cowboys, and uh, he's a big run stuffer. So there's just there's there's too many uh, too many mouths to feed in that that interior defensive line. So I mean, I uh, wish him the best. Maybe he can come back afterwards, but I, I, you know, it's just a numbers game. It wasn't anything against Hill at this point because he's he's played some good football
1: um wow no love for Connor McGovern from you Brandon AJ uh jokingly took away 10 thousand points because you did not immediately jump to Tony Pollard but Kevin gave you five points uh, in saying I don't think we paid Pollard or Zeke next year um once again you can hand out five points at a time loyal crowd um, they all go to our contestants and at the end of this we will hand out a btB roundtable winner somebody who has come oh so close but not tasted one in quite a long time Tony Catalina Tony check this out. The Dallas Cowboys, who did not trade for anybody at the deadline, we have, we've all obviously referenced the Jonathan Hankins trade um, a week ago, uh, but they were so close. They, they reportedly inquired about Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans, but the $18 million guaranteed on his salary was just too much to overcome. Um, do you really believe this or do you think this is just kind of and I, like I think we've all kind of given the Cowboys front office some grace. I, I'm not saying this to, you know, attack them or say they're stupid or they suck or anything like that. But do you really believe that this was close or do you think this was just kind of like, hey, how are you doing?
2: Yeah, I, I I don't think it's as uh, genuine as they make it seem. Um, you know, I think wow. they did their they did Bunch their due diligence. Yeah, they did their due diligence and they and they and they asked questions. But the the whole if I if I'm correct here and if I'm wrong, correct me on it. Um, the 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 restructure of contract situation was a yesterday thing. It wasn't really a today situation. So if it was the money with Brandon Cooks and the compensation was pretty much hammered out it's that's that's bs because that conversation was supposed to take place yesterday and the fact that it's coming out at you know five o'clock on uh, after the thing is uh jerry and i'm saying you know we really gave it the whole college try and i i just think it's nonsense to be honest with you i think um they, they they'll make moves if it's on their terms they'll make moves if it's you know penny slots but they're not they're not trying to hit the big bucks they're not trying to put their car the chips on the table and um I, I Brandon cooks would have helped this football team. I think there's no question about the fact that it would have been upgraded at the wide receiver position. And I just don't know if it's a good faith move or if they really actually tried to do that
1: voice, a little bit of horse. Tony sounds like you had a good Halloween night. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Howman um, you are dressed as Dan Quinn. Uh, we think um, the podcast audience cannot tell. Um, I don't know if anybody saw this. I, I tweeted this out. Zach Martin dressed as Homer Simpson. That's a, a high level of dedication um, to put all the makeup on and stuff um i would not do that personally uh but howman you had tweeted out um kind of earlier in the day um obviously brandon cooks restructured his contract back in the offseason to tony's point and to your point this was just this was never going to happen based on those circumstances and so letting yourself get worked up about it was kind of a fool's effort at this point
4: yeah and um i mean to to just kind of clarify on the the restructure deal um the thing that tony's referring to is is restructuring the deal prior to the trade in order to facilitate the trade so uh, in other words, like if, if the Texans were going to trade Brandon cooks to another team, but restructure the deal to eat up a lot of that money to make it a little more palatable for the team, trying to trade him, that would have had had to have happened yesterday. Theoretically the Cowboys could have still traded for cooks. And then in the offseason, they could have, you know, restructured the contract again um, to, to whatever their liking might've been. But uh, cooks, Cook, cooks contract is, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of guaranteed money and it would be pretty difficult to restructure any of that to where it's workable for this team. Um, I think at the end of the day, they just, they, they were probably interested, but they realized there were just going to be too many hoops to jump through. And I think, you know, there were other teams that were interested in cooks and they didn't trade for him either. So I think that was pretty much the case across the board.
1: Mm, right on. Um, how did you really dress up as Dan Quinn for Halloween or is this just for the round table?
4: Oh, I sure did. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'll note that in my points. Nobody else (laughs) dressed up. I just want to put that out. So when you guys are complaining later on, remember that. That's all I'm saying. Um, All right. It is now time for um, the title of this episode. We're here for Bi Week Awards. We're going to have an article about this later on over the week at blogandtheboys.com. If you want to see everything, what it is, Um, we have asked all of our staffers uh, to pick out some awards, pick out some people. We're going to go through the exercise here right now. They've all already given the answers, and I have them. So if anybody lies, I can prove it to you that they are, are full of it. So all of you better remember the things that you documented a, a couple of days ago. Tom, I see you concerned. So, um, you know, just worried about it. That's all I'm saying, man. Anyway, that's my dog uh, because there's a moving truck outside. Uh, so uh, as it passes and I buy time. Um, yeah, anybody can uh, check out the awards at blogontheboys.com later this week. But we're going to flesh it out right here right now. And we're going to start with who is your special teams MVP? At this point in the season, to be very clear, this applies for all the awards we're going to discuss. This point in the season, based on the first eight games and those eight games alone, we're going to go, we're going to start with Tony, and you pick who goes next. Tony Catalina, who is your special teams MVP so far.
2: Okay. So, who I picked and then who I'm going to have follow me is the reason why I picked him. I was ready. I was ready to type in Cavante Turpin, right? I was ready to type it in. And as I saw the Google Doc unfold in real time, I saw Tom Ryle put in Brett Meyer, And I'm like, you know what? Brett absolutely deserves this award. Wow. My man. Tony it, lost it's the, been,
1: point the show, dude. What the hell? Like,
2: <sighs> I, I thought you'd give me a plus points for being real. Um, so No, but you know, like,
1: dude, now people know Tom's pick. Man, Tom, I am sorry uh, that Tony took some of the element of surprise away from you. What a jerk enough. move.
2: Uh, uh, fair not, enough
1: you're okay anyway. elaborate
2: <laughs> so Brett yeah I mean Brett Maher has been perfect inside of 59 yards I mean and this is a guy that was our third kicking option so for him to to come out here just be steady I remember in week one through like three or four I was like holding my breath for every extra point attempt and now it's like you know you can kind of like breathe easy I, I just I feel confident with Brett Maher and you know it, it I'd be remiss not to give him the the mid-season MVP award for the special teams unit
1: so um, I'm going to be honest with you. Now, all of the comments basically agree um, that it should be Cavante Turpin. So everybody disagrees with all of you. Um, in fact, AJ said, if anyone says someone other than Turpin, minus five. AJ, I will have you know that literally everyone said somebody other than Cavante Turpin. But on the subject of everyone, um, well, you all know that Tony and Tom, thanks, Tony, uh, both selected Brett Maher. But one of you did not. Does anybody know who did not select? Brett Maher is their special teams MVP. If you are the person, please do not out yourself so that we can preserve the element of surprise. Dan, do you have a guess as to who, again, not Tony or Tom. Um, So uh, it's clearly not you because I've asked you the question. Uh, So great job here. Uh, But between Brandon and Howman, who do you think has a non-Brett Maher person? I think,
3: you know, Howman loves to go against the green and say some really
1: crazy stuff. So my vote is a solid Howman kyle wolf agrees but kyle wolf says it's brian anger it is not Howman, please tell us your special teams mvp
4: my special teams mvp is long snapper matt overton (laughs) and i have a very good reason for that (laughs) brett maher is playing great brian anger is playing great special teams overall has been great but we all know that especially the kansas city chiefs know because they dealt with this earlier in the year if you have long snapper problems, then it doesn't matter how good your kicker is, doesn't matter how good your punter is, because the the ball starts with the long snapper. And so the Cowboys have been kind of fortunate for a long time. They had, uh, they had LP as their long snapper, and he was great for a very long time. Then they pivoted to Jake McQuaid the last couple of years, and he's been great. So he goes down early in the year, especially when Brett Maher is off to such a great start after coming back to the Cowboys. And I was really worried when that happened, because... If, if there were problems with the snap, you know, that can throw off Maher, that can even throw off anger, and it could just be a horrible s- season for the special teams. Matt Overton comes in. He's a veteran. He gets into a groove with with the Cowboys and, and everything that they're doing. And he's been – you know, he had that first snap that was not good, and it cost It was a disaster.
1: You can, it, was, <laughs> it, was, but, it was more than not good. It was a disaster.
4: It cost the Cowboys points. It cost him one point.
1: It's the, what I said is objectively true. I mean, it cost yeah. them a point. What if it they cost my point? It cost
4: them a point and he has been perfect ever since. There has not been a bad snap since. And so, you know, and you look at the, the two guys that they brought in, they brought in Overton and then they brought in another guy whose only real experience had come in the USFL. So they went with clearly the much better option. Overton has been a model of consistency and it's allowed mm-hmm. Maher to still be great. It's allowed anger to still be great, and it's kept this special teams unit as one of the top tier units in the NFL
1: did anybody feel sw- like persuaded in this direction
4: off of that speech
1: um, Overton is the,
3: the worst <laughs> long snapper we've had in the last two decades <laughs>
1: um, well, objectively I think, I th- true I think that answers uh that question Brandon um we've we've talked oh, we're going to come back to Brett Maher in a second but um was Kevante Turpin number two for you you all outside of how many you all had Brett Maher so was Kevante Turpin your second choice or was or was yeah. it Brian Anger?
5: No, it, it would have to be Kevonte Turpin. I mean, he's 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 so close. I feel like every time he touches the ball from from breaking one for a touchdown I and mean, minus minus a couple of mishaps, I would say the Calvin Joseph getting in the way one time. I mean, he had one to the house. So Kevonte Turpin, it was it was tough. But given the circumstances of the kicking position uh coming into the season, it was it was definitely a pleasant surprise because when I don't think I don't think too many people were excited when Brett Maher was signed and he was signed to the uh, active roster and, and started. So to me, you know, he's played so well. I don't. I mean, he's missed what uh, two two kicks. I think they were what fifty nine apiece. So I mean, inside. And he had he had the he blocked
1: a, extra point too. Just in to, that, it's not his fault. I mean, it's blocked. right? No,
5: yeah, it was not his fault. But at least he, at least he was the only person on the team that re- remembered the ball was live and he made the tackle and saved points on that. So I will say, Brett Maher's had a pretty darn good year and his, his career year. So good. Was that Ron, was Ron, that Overton's fault? Oh um, yeah! Ooh. Just
6: just
1: so we're clear, Kevin said that Halman made a good point. Seemingly the only person um, to think that. Um, so, uh, Tom, like Halman, you thought for yourself on this exercise, as evidenced by Tony, who who copied off your answer. Uh, at, least, <laughs> at least when when it came to to Brett Maher, Tony, I love you. Um, but um, Tom, so so of your own volition, you went Brett Maher. Um, is that a testament to incredibly good luck from the Cowboys that? Uh, you know, on their third try, we forget this was their third option. They wanted Jonathan Garibay to be their kicker and Lareem Hyrule to be their kicker. Those did not work out. So what an incredible stroke of luck that Brett Maher is here and we're all giving him, you know, all these flowers.
6: Yeah. You have to say they were lucky uh, in in getting there because they tried just everything else. Uh, I mean, the evidence was kind of there from Mars last season that he might be a good option, but like Like we all know, they waited until the last minute to even bring him in for consideration. So once again, they kind of backed into doing something right, which seems to happen a lot with the Cowboys.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had more to say. Okay, well, you know, shout out. (laughs) I guess they backed into something right. Uh, Dan, I have have saved you for last uh, because you do not know that you picked up some extra points here. Uh, well, first of all, AJ has given you five points for being feisty—kind of a low bar um, here, for being honest. Um, AJ, uh, Mark has given you five points for the Chandler Bing side comment, uh, but um, I'm trying to find this now. Uh, somebody said this. Uh, where did it go? Uh, as I buy myself some time uh, to find it, here we go. Ron the Don said, "If we're talking about Maher, you have to say money Maher." I'll give three points to everyone who does this. Everyone's answers in the Google Doc, except for Halman, obviously, just wrote Brett Maher. Dan did right. Money Maher. Uh, so, Dan, you picked up a surprise three points. Um, do you feel incredible for doing that? Did you do that on purpose? Did you play to the crowd?
3: I never play to the crowd. I'll tell you <laughs> what, but we have to, you know what, I think it's really close because if, if Turpin would have maybe cut one way on a couple of his picks or didn't get, you know, knocked ran into by Joseph I do think he'd go to the house. And and to, to me, that's where my vote would go. But we cannot understate how well Money Maher has done because, I mean, look, we couldn't ask for anything better than this other than maybe making those 59 yards. But, but Jesus, I don't, I know that the Cowboys did get lucky with this, but they, they tried to get a rookie, you know, and that's really, you either have somebody that's good or everybody is just flip on the coin with their kicker and the Cowboys uh, have been very fortunate with Maher. He's played really well, but I, I did want to give a shout out since we're all saying basically the same guy. I, I do want to give, if, if there was like a bronze medal, I would give it to Kelvin Joseph. I actually think he's done a really good job on special teams. Um And, you know, cause uh, CJ Goodwin's supposed to be that guy, but we're looking, I mean, he's had a really good start of the season and, and I think he could be a, a, you know, key special teams player. So I want to give, um, Bossman a little bit of props there
1: um, The exercise of having each of you Choose the next person to go is way too complicated In this particular game um, So sorry Tony that I set you up for failure in that sense But you did help make the segment better um, it, Granted at your own expense uh, But thank you yep, for following sword uh, <laughs> <laughs> For all of us um, so the next question, uh, again, you can see all these at blogontheboys.com later on in the week because the Cowboys are on their bye. Uh, these are our bye week awards. I'm looking to make this an annual thing. Um, who is your defensive MVP on the Cowboys so far? Now, none of you know this unless you cheated. Uh, but one person who, and, and this includes all BTV staffers, not just the five of you that are here, um, did not have Micah Parsons. Everybody had Micah Parsons as the defensive MVP on the team to this point. Do Does anybody think that person is here in this group? I hope not. <laughs> they they are on our team, Dan, to be fair. <laughs> like they're they're a BTB Uh so let's let's be cool. Um, <laughs> but uh uh does anybody uh think that they are one of this these I I'm not counting myself. I had Micah for what it's worth, but like any of you five?
5: Was there any other choice? <laughs>
1: um so there were other BTBers who filled this out, uh, but um it was not one of you five. Does anybody have a guess who the BTB was? That picked somebody. They picked Trayvon Diggs. Just to be clear, so it's not like you know they picked somebody terrible.
2: I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. <laughs> yeah,
1: I can't. I was really hoping somebody would have answered while the dog was barking. Thanks, guys for for uh, you know. Picking me up a little bit uh, when I need some help. Uh, it was Sean Martin, uh, who is the co-host of Hidden Yardage, uh, that you can listen to on Mondays here on the Blog on the Boys Podcast Network. Uh, he has not provided a blurb. I asked each of you to do this. Um, some of you have, some of you haven't. So extra points to those of you that have. Uh, but uh, I mean, look, you know, if if we're if we're coming, we don't have to spend too much time on this one because like, if we're coming up with a non-Mica answer, is Trayvon Diggs the answer for anybody here? No, my second place is still Mica. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Well, thank you, Dan. Uh, But if you have to pick a non mica answer, by the way, Kevin took away five points from you, Tony, for not throwing people under the bus. Um, So just, just a tough, tough day. Uh, You got a lot of ground to make up Tony Catalina. Um, (laughs) I mean, I would say seconds, probably Dorrance Armstrong, right? If if we have to pick a a second, are you guys going to Marcus Lawrence? Like you guys can use your voices by the way. Like anybody here can talk. That would be really helpful. Yeah, I'm Wilson. I'm going to Marcus Lawrence. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Dan. A million points to Dan for getting the premise of the show. So uh to Marcus Lawrence. Who's who else is copying Dan?
6: I would, I think, yeah, I'm with him. I'm with Brandon. I I think Donovan Wilson deserves some consideration.
2: Um, I like Sean's so. answer. Like as a number two, y'all all <laughs> yeah.
1: silent, and now you want to come to Sean's defense, Tony? Interesting. As a number
2: two, yeah, as the B option. I mean, I I think Trayvon Diggs is playing, even if the statistics aren't as good. I think he's having a, a great season, probably better than last year in a lot of ways. But I mean, it's not better than Michael Parsons, but I'll take him as a solid number two.
1: The context, I think, matters. there's a solid argument for
4: Leighton Vander Esch.
1: <laughs> wow, um, this show is off the rails. Uh, I thought my dog was the reason why, but uh, but Howman has uh, has set us up wonderfully. Uh, so to catch up on some comments, Kevin gave you five points, Dan. Again, you are on your toes uh, this particular episode, so good for you. AJ gave you four points specifically, which was interesting. Um, you know, not five uh, or three. Four, four is kind of an uncommon number of points to hand out, but you know, That, no that is a
3: great comment by AJ, by the way. Just very good Don- Dono assessment.
1: Uh, the comment for the podcast audience is Donovan Wilson has made splash plays, but also been out of position a lot. Uh, King Trill offers Demarcus Lawrence as the option, which a lot of you did. So did AJ. Ron the Don said Dorance Armstrong is second for sure. So somebody agrees with me. Thank you. Kyle said Sam Williams is top five. Um, yeah, not, not Top five. Mark offers Demarcus Lawrence as number two. Um, AJ thinks that you've been compromised uh, from a mental standpoint, um, Hellman. Um, but, um, in the flats asks if Trayvon is the best cornerback in the NFC East. I was going to say context matters, Tom, but Trayvon Diggs is tied for second in the NFL in interceptions right now. That's that, that felt impossible. Like with, with regression. And again, he's only got three. So I don't, I don't want to make that like a bigger mountain than it really is, but he has had contextually an amazing season coming off of something that was going to be impossible to replicate.
6: Yeah. And I think we've seen him with more pass breakups than we saw last year. So I think he's been, now y'all he's been like very now good y'all, out y'all there. like
1: Trayvon. Interesting. Y'all owe Sean Martin yeah. apology. <laughs>
6: but uh, but you know, I think that's also a tribute to the fact that this is just an incredible pass rush right now. And yeah, that helps out your your secondary a lot. And it's just it's what's really great is that this is a pretty heated argument. And because there's so many good players on defense, and that's just a luxury that, that I don't remember having in a long, long time.
1: Um, okay. There was some more debate and discussion and discourse on this question. Not, um, as, you know, there was a little bit more than the Trayvon Diggs thing here. Who is your defensive rookie on the Cowboys so far? By the way, um, we kind of glossed over Micah. We're going to get to him in a little bit. It's a bit of a spoiler there, but obviously Micah Parsons is great. Um, so most BTBers. Went with Sam Williams. I think that's where the comments are gonna go. Three BTBers did not. Those three BTBers all went with the same player, just so we're all clear, so they're all united in that front. Do any of you think that one of those or multiple of them are in this room right now? Does anybody think that anybody here want someone other than Sam Williams as far as their defensive rookie of the year so far on the Cowboys? I don't. I think
2: statistically the, the one of
3: them did.
1: Yeah. Does anybody else so have an so Brandon, to, right? you, Brandon yeah. you think somebody here went somewhere other than Sam Williams.
5: Yeah, I mean, okay, I gotta so go got to go to Dan. Dan with the stats. I mean, the numbers, man. Like someone Someone had to, right?
4: Um, I think, I think Tom, you... You... and I think he's just trying to throw us off by guessing. Wow. Okay.
1: All right. Throw At least you left want... left. Um, who do you all think that those three people said the answer is, if not for Sam Williams, just to be clear? Because they were united. Oh, it's got to be Bland. It is Duran Bland. So Duran Bland is the person who all three chose. None of you three took Duran Bland. Uh, so uh, Dan, Brandon, you were both wrong. Brian Martin took um, Duran Bland. So did Sean Martin, uh, who has been a thorn in the offside. It was actually four. Matt Holleran and Jess Navaris, Uh all took Duran Bland over Sam Williams. Howman, uh, was that a robbery? A lot of commenters actually do think that it should have been Bland. AJ said whoever said him plus three. So Jess picks up points even though she's not here.
4: I mean, Bland Bland has been good in the little bit that we've seen of him, but um, yeah, I, so think, hate him. I think especially now that he's stepping into that slot role with Jordan Lewis out, um, I, and I kind of went back and forth between him and Sam Williams, but ultimately I know we're about to see a lot more from Bland, so I, I was kind of in a wait and see approach. Whereas with Sam Williams, you know, he he has not played very much, mo- mostly because the guys ahead of him on the edges are playing at such a high level right now. But when he has played, he has flashed consistently. And he, you know, really went off against Detroit with, with two sacks, had that um, that body slam that not only did not get flagged in the moment, but didn't get fined afterwards either, which I think it just really speaks to how, you know, technically sound he is. Um so, I just think Sam Williams on a on a per play basis, he's been the most impressive, even though at the end of the year it's very possible that Bland takes over.
1: Well, along those lines, Tony Catalina, Mike Lilly, and Will Nico said that by the end of the year, it will be Damone Clark, not Daron Bland. Do you agree with that assessment?
2: I don't know if he'll have that type of impact, but the you fact,
1: hate him too.
2: <laughs> but the fact that he's on the field is an absolute win for this organization and for him as a person. So I'm ecstatic. I saw. I mean, he went out there and played 50 percent of the snaps in a game that he was supposed to be supposed to be just doing special teams. So I think that was uh, awesome to see for him.
1: Tom, you lit up when I said that Damone Clark could be this answer at the end of the year. Do you believe that's possible since Tony doesn't?
6: Yeah, I do think it it could very well be possible because if he could show that much potential in his first game after coming off of the injury, remember, uh, this is about the the first half of the season, effectively. And, you know, I'm thinking a lot of these could change by the second half of the season, one of them being special teams, because I think we yet to see Gavante Turpin really unleash you know and if he does then I think he could walk away with that one and Damone Clark could very well break through with an outstanding because he shows an awful lot of similarity to Michael Parsons game uh, just in the little bit we saw and I think that is going to be absolutely terrifying for opposing
5: offenses.
1: Brandon do you hate Damone Clark the way that Tom and Tony do?
5: Not at all I, I I I love Clark I think he's and just having him play 50% of the snaps uh, this past weekend was a miracle, considering the injury that he had coming into uh, into this, you know into uh, that was discovered during the combine. So it, you know, and he was a second round grade, and Dallas gets him you know later on in the draft. I mean, the sky's the limit for the kid, but I think we got to uh, kind of uh, you know kind of let's let's temper those expectations just a little bit. Let's let him get uh, get him into the flow of things. I think at this point, you say so far, it's been Sam Williams, but I think Common's right. I think by season's end, given the Jordan Lewis injury, I think De'Ron Bland uh, will have something to say about that.
4: Mm.
1: All right. Well said. Well done. Um, All right. I want to remind you all, we have uh, three more categories to get to. I'm sorry, four more categories to get to. We have offensive MVP, offensive rookie, most improved player, and uh, the MVP right now. Uh, like general MVP. Like I said, we're going to talk about Micah Parsons in a little bit, a little, little bit of a spoiler there. But I want to remind you all that the duel option does exist here on the round table. We haven't had a duel in a very long time. You can duel a competitor uh, to steal all their points if you'd like um, here on the round table. So uh, remember that, Tony, you're losing points kind of left and right. Like just you might want to consider the duel. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> crowd, not a fan of what you're doing. Uh, who is the offensive MVP on the Cowboys so far? Danny Phantom. So that you are all aware um this had the widest variety of answers uh of every single question that we asked um here uh among b in fact i'm seeing tony tom um yeah there are a number of different answers a number of different directions so i'm not going to ask you to guess on this one dan who's your answer
3: you know this is actually kind of hard because there's just not a lot of great players on offense so far wow a lot season, of in man. my opinion but uh you know what i actually i i had I have to give it to pollard because i really think that you know just watching him closely he's just he's he is i think he's a, a real player I, I used to think he that he's kind of he benefited from always having fresh legs and that you know he's puts in a situation where zeke wears defensive down and he does have speed and those those are real things but i always thought he was just kind of a a benefit of the circumstance and that is no longer my belief I mean I'm watching this guy he's so good at he has great vision which is why he was phenomenal at Memphis as a as a kick returner but he has those those really quick cuts and then that burst through those cuts and and anybody trying to arm tackle him it's not happening I mean similar to Zeke he he, he gets 3 or 4 yards as he's falling down so he's plays with the same level of physicality I think he's a special weapon and as much as I've been a huge Zeke Elliott supporter you know for all these years I I am now thinking like Pollard's with the guy. He's the he's the piece that we need to have. Um so Pollard gets he gets my vote.
1: Um, a lot of people agree with you. The Derek J Network says TP for Team MVP. Again, this had the widest variety of answers uh, among all BTBers. Um, obviously, Pollard would be most heavily in competition with Zeke Elliott, not to incite anything. Uh, one BTBer did take Zeke. Do any of you think it was any of you? No. It was Jess Navarre's who took Zeke Elliott. Uh, just so we're all clear here. Um, now I do want to get to one thing because uh, I want to kind of go through all the different answers. Uh, Dustin Garland says Cooper Rush was the first half MVP. Kevin says, it will not be the same at the end of the season, but Cooper deserves it at the halfway point. Did he play lights out? No. Did he win us four to the five games when we thought the season was over? Yes. Do any of you think that anybody gave Cooper Rush that credit?
2: Maybe one person.
1: (laughs) Nobody did. Nobody's uh, that humble, I guess. Um, Johnny Boy says, hold on. Tony P is by all means elite, but the stability that Zeke brought was the difference maker. Tony, you answered Tony Pollard as well. Um, Can you I guess answer why Tony deserves it over Zeke. Again, understanding that nobody's taken any shots here, uh, but why you're picking Pollard to be MVP at this point.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's well-documented. I'm a Zeke Elliott guy. I think this uh, obviously has tremendous value and what he can bring to this team is, is is super important. But Tony Pollard has been that guy that we were supposed to, and we've all been fed since the season started. Like, okay, we're, we're missing some weapons. You know, we need other guys to step up. And Tony Pollard has been that guy. Um, He's only getting 9.5 carries per game compare, I mean, obviously that average is skewed with him getting 14 last week, but beforehand, I mean, he was getting, you know, 10, you know, less than 10 carries a game. He's still being impactful. Um, I think he's just that juice that kind of, you don't forget that we don't have like a real, I mean, Noah Brown is fine. And I, you know, spoiler, Noah Brown will be brought up later, but I, you don't have that true bonafide, like scare you type of number three wide receiver, but Tony Pollard is able to kind of curtail that or kind of get you to forget about the fact that you don't have as many wide receiver options as last year, so Tony Pollard to me has been—he's done everything and more that this team is needed from him. But you know, that's my first half MVP on offense.
1: Tony, we're gonna to start calling you Lashawn McCoy with all the spoilers <laughs> that are happening around here. All right, so are you Helman? Uh, do you
2: know the Lashawn
1: McCoy reference? Because you're not a movie person, so no, I'm not. <laughs> so <I> um, <laughs> uh, after Avengers Endgame, am I correct? Anybody can can fact check me here. It um, was a big reveal um, that Lashama McC- Lashama got to see the movie early, and then tweeted that out and like ruined it for like millions of people. Um, so thank you for telling us that Noah Brown is going to play a part in the future exercise of this episode, Tony. The Duelist, your friend, on this episode, Tony. I will just say that uh, Brandon, you also, you're the only other person who answered Tony Pollard here. Just uh, as a that that's how you do the spoiler, Tony. Uh, but um, who is who was second place for you, Brandon? Who who did Tony Pollard just edge out?
5: I mean, it's tough. I mean, the offense hasn't been, you know, that great all time. A lot of hatred so happening
1: I, here. You guys hate this team. Uh, Go root for the I Eagles, guys. You know, this, Seriously. I'm
5: keeping it real, you know. I, I, I mean, if I had to pick somebody else, I, honestly, it'd probably be CeeDee Lamb, and I'm not really that confident about it, to be honest with you. I think Tony Pollard's has been, to me, he's been the best offensive player. He's had over 80 touches, and he's second in the league in, in uh, yards per carry. And, he's, you know, he's having a great season. He had three touchdowns this past week so like i think what 20 almost 20% of his touches resulted in a touchdown this past week so every time he touches the ball it's it's electric so i mean that that's it's an easy choice for me given the circumstances of what we've been dealt since uh since week 1
1: nobody took cd Lamb. just so we're we're clear for the record which is a little frustrating but um tony both Hellman and tom agreed on their offensive mvp so far who do you think they took mm Clearly it wasn't um, cd lamb i will tell you it wasn't noah yeah. brown um yeah <laughs> so, so who do you think they took
2: um honestly in a shot in the dark because i really don't know um maybe dak prescott and some shot in the dark
1: way. is an actual mechanism that you can deploy in the game of survivor which i know that you are a big time fan of uh brandon who do you think Howman and tom took
5: oh um Probably Zach Martin. I'm just, just, just the comments,
1: the comments are begging for Zach Martin. Danny, who do you think they took?
3: Well, I think Tom would take Zach Martin, but um, <laughs> I have no, it,
1: I have, it could be a Peyton Hendershot for Howman. I mean, Howman, <laughs> <laughs> please, please tell everybody who you and Tom picked.
4: Deck Prescott, uh, Tony was right. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of went back and forth over whether I could really pick him since he's only, you know, played in two full games. Was this um, the, like,
1: the Peyton Manning should have won MVP in 2011 argument, like, by not being there, he proved his value type thing?
4: No, no, it, it wasn't that, especially because the Cowboys, you know, they had a winning record without, without Dak. But for me, it just came down to, you know, we, we've only seen him for two games. So you can say, like, you know, we still need to see more before we really lose our minds. But the Cowboys offense has been so much better since Dak came back. Um, you know, but, but when, when Cooper Rush was in at quarterback, the Cowboys were 20th in offensive EPA per play. In the two games that Dak has been back for, they're now third in those two games in in EPA per play. So they, they've not only gotten better, but they've gotten dramatically better. And the one real difference has been Dak Prescott. You know, after all the talk in the offseason about, um, you know, Dak has to be that kind of quarterback that can elevate the players around him. Uh, two games in, it's looking like he's doing exactly that. And he got off to a slow start uh, last week against Detroit, but they were great in that second half. And in that half, and then including the Bears game, they've scored touchdowns on nine of their 14 drives, not counting the drives where they took a knee at the end of the game. So they've gotten significantly better at scoring. They've gotten better at scoring touchdowns because with Cooper Rush, they were settling for field goals all too often. And I just, I look at that and I say, sure, it's only been two games, but He's already proven his value to this offense. He's already proven his value to this team. They can actually go and score points with some consistency now.
1: Tom Kevin um took away five points for the answer of Dak, talking to Halman, but you also signed up for Dak here. Um Rob also took five points. So a total of 20 points taken away with one answer. Pretty uh, you know, record breaking moment here for us. Um, what do you have to say to people who disagree with you and Halman, Tom?
6: This is just an entirely different offense, and what was stunning against Chicago was the efficiency they they did. The first drive, the Cowboys had the ball, and of course they scored on their first four drives. They took just a little over four minutes. All of the other offensive drives took less time. They were just slashing down the field. And they, with the exception of the Pollard 54-yard run, they weren't doing it with real long plays. They were just putting together 10, 15, 20-yard plays, drive after drive after drive. And that you have to put entirely on Dak. He was he was very accurate, except for the very risky pass that he got picked on at the end of the first half. And he was he was moving the sticks uh the cowboys were nine for 11 on third downs which is the best they have ever done since they've really been tracking that and it's you know he just made this team entirely differently different and instead of going into the bye week with you know maybe still struggling the cowboys are going to the bye week absolutely supercharged and I'm just excited for what the second half of the season is going to be with Dak at quarterback.
1: I do think the wide-ranging number of answers speaks to kind of the frustration we felt on the offensive side of the ball and to Brandon's point about like the fact that none of us like even want to make like a halfway inspired argument for CD lamb, like just sucks a little, you know, but halfway through there's half of a season to go. Everybody be cool. Um, another answer that uh, was met with uh Basically, unison, but not entirely. Who is your offensive rookie on the Cowboys so far? The commenters all said you can make an argument for Tyler Smith being the offensive player of the team so far this uh, this season to this point. Obviously, he was not in consideration for anybody. Um, everybody except for one btb went Tyler Smith. Does anybody think that the one is here that did not pick Tyler Smith? I will tell you they are here. <laughs> the, the one person is here. Um, Tony, who do you think it was?
2: It's probably how actually,
1: actually, uh, <laughs> who, who do you think they said? The the person who wow. did not pick Tyler Smith, who do you think they said?
2: That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm stumped. There uh, are re- points
1: point on the line, Tony. <laughs> I've already I'm
2: already in the dump, so I might as well
1: <laughs> you know what, Tony, if you get the question right, I will give you 20 points right now. If you can tell me
2: who the person answered. Ooh. Wow. Um <laughs> All right. So if you're going to talk about it, it has to be one oh, of the and now ends.
1: the 20 points are on the line. Look who yeah, wakes up. Think about <laughs>
2: it. it's got to be one of the tight ends. Um, I'm going to say Jake Ferguson. It was Jake Ferguson. That was a 20 point answer. He's back
1: in the game. Um, Kyle says, Halman, uh, Ron, the Don says, Halman ousted himself. <laughs> Malik Davis is his guest. Uh, it was David Howman who picked Jake Ferguson. Howman, we'll give Tyler Smith his flowers in a moment, but why? Why Jake Ferguson,
4: who's been awesome, but over Tyler Smith? How? Well, part of it is is just that Jake Ferguson's impact has gone beyond the box score. Uh, I mean, he's caught touchdowns in two of the last three games, yeah, but he's been used a lot as a run blocker, and he has been doing the dirty work. Hender, Peyton Hendershot has also been doing a lot of that dirty work too, but Ferguson has really been the guy that they've been relying on to – to steal those edges. And, and I mean, this Cowboys offense, you know, we just got through talking about how um, they weren't, they haven't been that great. And most of their production has come on the ground. They've got right now they're number two in the, na- in the, in the league in, uh rushing DVOA. They are a run first team and they are doing it very well. Ferguson obviously is not the only reason for that. The offensive line all across the board has been really great. But Ferguson has been a very good run blocking tight end for them. And he's shown that he can make it happen in the pass game. Another factor is that while I have liked what I've seen from Tyler Smith, he also has given up the most pressures of any offensive lineman on this team. So I I didn't feel right saying that he's been the best uh, rookie on this team because he has been, you know, having his challenges and struggles in pass protection, even though he has been great in run blocking. And I think that they got a really good one into him. I just don't think he's been the best.
1: Brandon, do you buy that at all, or is it, is it easily, Tyler Smith? Is Hallman just wasting everybody's time here? Is this hot air?
5: No, I, 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 he's he's making a fair point. I can't I can't say that's not a fair point, but I think given the circumstances of, of how things have played out this year, I mean, let's be honest, before the season started and before obviously Tyron Smith went down, we all presumed Tyler Smith was the starting left guard, and that was going to be that. And then Ty, and then Tyron Smith goes down because he gets hurt all the time. And then here's what happens. Tyler Smith, Well, they haven't used him in any setting really, they mean minor, minor repetitions at left tackle throughout the offseason. He literally steps in and he plays some solid ball. I don't have the PFF ranks, but I think he's, I, I, I would say he's, he's, he's on the higher end of the offensive line so far in PFF ranking. So he, he's done a good job. I mean, yes, yeah, he's allowed some pressures, but given the circumstances, Tyler Smith. Uh, has has you know you know has been the you know has been a, a a I would say a pretty solid player and he has been the offensive rookie uh, this year. And actually, I want to add one other piece to it. If I had to pick the tight end, I'm going with Peyton Hendershot. Just to be honest, I think Peyton Hendershot looks great.
1: Wow, Danny. Um, if you had to assign luck, I know you you kind of gave the Cowboys a little bit of credit when we talked about that with Brett Maher. Have they gotten luckier, more lucky, anywhere else than they have with Tyler Smith at left tackle? And, and that's not that's not to take away their evaluation. Like I'm not trying to say that there was zero percent, like zero skill involved, but the the transition immediately to, to becoming a functional left tackle in the NFL from day one.
3: I'm not even going to comment on any sort of luck there. I mean, everybody wow. gets everybody gets lucky in that regard. So you can call it luck if you want. But this team was very high on this kid. Um, you know, I, I've had, I was not happy about the pick, but I mean, I think I don't I don't think he could do very much more in a rookie season as what he's doing. You have to realize the Cowboys are one of the least sack teams in the league. And while he may give up pressures, I mean, look, he's keeping his quarterback upright and, and that's a really tough job to come in and be the left tackle, one of the most important positions, you know, in football and just go come up there and be that reliable. Absolutely. I think Tyler Smith's been fantastic. Um, so, I mean, I, I think Howman Hal, does a great job showing his work, and I think, I mean, he, I think he should get partial credit, even though all of his answers were were wrong. But <laughs> I do think that um, you got to. I mean, it's kind of almost like Maher in a sense. Nobody's talking about him, but this is really impressive how he's going out there and and, and just basically doing a remarkable job. So Tyler Smith, I mean, that guy's been fantastic.
1: Wow, uh, Tom. Two words to describe Tyler Smith this season. Two
6: words. Uh, that, was,
1: that was two words right there, but I won't count those.
6: I keep coming up with three. I can't get it down to two. Uh, surprisingly good. Okay. Tony,
1: should the fact that it's surprisingly factor at all? Or the performance is the performance?
2: No, I think this is a surprise to it. I mean, I, I was very nervous about him when he first got the call. I thought they were we all were. Decision. Nobody liked
1: yeah. it. It was terrible. We were yeah. all pissed off. Right.
2: Yeah. So it's the fact that surprising is it's a factor. I mean, I think he's, I think the element that Cooper rush gets the ball out and there's things that have happened that make it better, but um, yeah, it is a little bit of surprising and I think it's a good thing for the Cowboys front office.
1: All right. So next question, we have two left. We all know Tony's answer because he did not pick Noah Brown to be his MVP. So thank you, Tony, for that. That's not what I was
2: insinuating. (laughs)
1: Um, most improved player. This actually did feature a wide ranging uh number of answers from all of you. It was really kind of fun to see who do you all think was the most popular choice?
3: I think it's Noah was the most
2: popular choice. Noah Brown,
1: yeah. Dorrance sure. Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. Only two people took Noah Brown. One, two, three, four, six people. Dorence Armstrong. One person took Brett Maher. That was Jess Navarez, who's gotten some, some weird shout-outs in that sense. Um, but uh, Dorance Armstrong was the most popular one by far. Who do you all... Who would be a surprising player to see on this list? They've played all every game. I'll give you that clue. They're on defense. I'll give you that clue as well.
5: It'd be surprising if Hallman said uh, Van <laughs> I
1: Actually, think that would make sense. <laughs> like, improved would be like... I was like,
5: considering
4: it. <laughs>
1: He did not say <laughs> Leighton Fender, it's just so we're clear. Who would be surprised? I guess, I mean, that was the answer. In the flat says Diggs. Would Diggs be surprising, Tony?
2: I don't think it, it's not surprising. It just doesn't fit. I think, I mean, he was an all pro last year, and he's playing even better. So, I, I mean, how I heard you improve Rob agrees
1: that. That, it, that, that Diggs would be surprising. One person did take Trayvon Diggs, and it was David Halman. Howman took Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> uh, wh- why? Give us the explanation. Most improved player on the Cowboys.
4: Well, my 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 thought process was very simple. Trayvon Diggs was... As it always is. <laughs> he was so phenomenal last year at taking the ball away. And, you know, obviously there was a lot of discourse around all the yards that he gave up. The fact is he did give up a lot of yards. He plays a style of of coverage that is very much based on taking that risk. More often than not, it's paid off for him. But the the fact was that when he gave up plays, they were oftentimes big plays because teams were challenging him deep. And so you know i i was very much in the camp that it was worth it and the the value that he added to the defense was much more than than the value that he took away when he gave up plays but this year we've seen him be so much better in coverage he's he's taking much better angles he's playing tighter coverage and he's he's batting the ball down he's not just going for the interception he's taking better uh better care of where he's at on the field knowing when there's safety help over top and i just think he he has made such leaps and bounds improvements from where he was last year and he was already great last year but he's made such an improvement that i think he's very firmly in the discussion of top five corners in the league right now
1: Hellman, you put these glasses on and you just like are, are this character that people that you incite things with people these are the latest comments Kyle Wolf says, love you, Howman, but suspect week on the round table. Kevin says, minus five, Howman. You started with he was phenomenal last year, so he can't be most improved. These are literally the three comments in a row. In the flat says, plus five, Howman. I agree. <laughs> Diggs is a better player this year, hands down. So kind of a volatile subject in that sense. Uh, Rob says, plus five for you. Uh, Ron the Don says that the Dan Quinn costume is really getting to you. Kevin asks if this really is you. Maybe this is like a Clark Kent sort of situation. Um, so, of the remaining four of you, two of you took one player, two of you took the other player. Howman, who do you think are the two players that your fo- your four cohorts were split on this evening?
4: Well, I I just have this feeling that Tony took Noah Brown. <laughs> um,
1: I forgot all about that. It was really clever. Uh, okay, I, I don't so, I don't
4: know where I'm where where that's coming from. So, okay, two
1: questions then: Who else do you think took Noah Brown, and then who do you think the other two took?
4: Um, I think, I think Brandon took Noah Brown. I think the other two took Dorrance.
1: Um, you are correct that the other two took Dorrance. I will give you one more guess on who took Noah. So it's obviously down to Tom or Danny. (laughs)
4: Hmm. I think, I think Dan.
1: It was Danny. Tony Catalina, Danny Phantom took Noah Brown. Tony, you've been dying to talk about this, as we <laughs> we know we have known for a while. Why? Why is Noah Brown the most improved player for you?
2: Uh, for me with Noah Brown, it was we heard all the good things in Oxnard about how well he was playing. It looked like he took a leap. And it's you hear that a lot about certain players. And you know, we thought about that CD Lamb last year. It's like oh my god, like he looks like he's he's gonna take this opportunity and run with it. Like, Noah Brown, for what he's asked to do and be the number three wide receiver, while Cooper Rush was in there, he was that steady hand. I think, you know, Noah Brown was the type of player that was, like, almost like a de facto another tight end. He would motion in. He'd block. He'd do some gritty things for this team. He's actually shown a wide array of pass-catching abilities. He's made big plays. He's shown to be a reliable target for this offense. And, uh, I mean, even look at it last week, right? I mean, the Cowboys' offense scored 49 points, but – Outside of CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, no other wide receiver caught a ball. I mean, if Noah Brown was out there, that's another third option that you know Dak Prescott trusts. I mean, there's there's an argument to me made that Noah Brown is a Dak Prescott guy, and that's one of the reasons why he stuck on for so long. Um, but I, Noah Brown has exceeded my expectations. I do. And I am still on the record that I wanted them to add another wide receiver piece, but that's more so like, I just want them to take it over the top and it has nothing really to do with how I feel about Noah Brown and his chances.
1: Dan, Kevin says, I honestly don't know that Noah has improved as much as he has gotten chances that he hasn't gotten in the past. That's a fair argument that maybe there's just a higher volume there, which is why we're seeing what we are.
3: That's a great comment. In fact, I mean, I think actually that's true Um, because we all know, I mean, we, we know Noah is going to make the team and we know why, you know, he does all those little things, you know, the inline blocking that he, that he gives you. Um, But now we're seeing this new Noah Brown in the passing game where he's, he's making some fantastic catches. He's not going down easy. He's getting extra yards. I mean, the only thing the guy can't do is hang on the ball when he's inverted. Um, But Brown has had a fantastic year and. I think that's kind of the biggest surprise. I think there's a lot of players that you can you can say that had like kind of taken that next level and Diggs is certainly one of them. And um you know Armstrong to me I I've always been an Armstrong guy, so to me I'm not a whole, real, real surprised by what I'm seeing. But you look at Terrence Still has gotten a little bit better. Tyler Biotis has gotten a little bit better. Dono, I mean, he's more, making more splashier plays. So I think there's a there's a lot of players that uh you could you can give this to. I'm just going with Noah because I mean, he's on pace to have Randall Cobb like numbers you know 2019 and and be that number three receiver and that that's a big get for the Cowboys if they can get that kind of production from him.
1: Aiden Davis who you can hear everybody on first and 10 with Tony on Mondays took Terrence Steele the only person who did nobody took Donovan Wilson just for the record nobody took Tyler Biotish I know a lot of commenters uh, were wanting that so um, shame on all of you. Um, Tom you took Doran Armstrong along with Brandon I think that's the answer. Um, In fact, that was my answer. So, obviously, um, it's correct. Uh, But, I mean, he has – and from a narrative standpoint, Stephen Jones set him up really poorly, right, like referencing the sack numbers last year. So he was kind of this, like, punchline. But Dorrance Armstrong has just showed up and gotten to work.
6: Yeah, and to me, just look at something that happened uh, just the other night when everybody was once again – moaning about how the cowboys lost Amari cooper for nothing and now he did you know, that's okay up. like it, that's still yeah. true <laughs> and, but, but he's out there lighting it up when's the last time you heard anybody moan about randy gregory being gone and that is largely i think because dorance armstrong stepped up and has just been really great uh rushing the passer you know that now they have depth i mean dante fowler all of a sudden is coming on really strong but Armstrong in the first half of the season has been the bookend for DeMarcus Lawrence and he has made it work and I just like I did not see that coming I was very nervous about whether he could step up and fill the role and boy did he prove that I had nothing to worry about
1: Brandon did has the success that Dorrance Armstrong had made you trust Stephen Jones a little bit more Or are you just, are you, are you too burnt? Are you, are you saying, Hey, look, Dorrance is great, but you know, whatever.
5: Yeah, I, I, I guess I have to do whatever part I I would say this. I was never like, I wasn't going to pound on a table for Dorrance Armstrong. I thought he's, I thought he was a solid player. I didn't think he was going to be every year, you know, double digit sack player. But, you know, the first four years of the year, uh, four years of his career, he's had a, a total of seven and a half sacks coming into this this season. And they already have five halfway through the year. I mean, I'm just glad things happen the way they did with the Randy Gregory situation with his contract, because at that point, if, if Randy Gregory's back in the fold, I mean, what, what's what's the next move for Armstrong? So I'm actually really glad that he's got the, the two-year contract. I mean, he's you know, he's got five sacks uh, through the first half of the season. And not only that let's, let's, let's remember he's been impactful on special teams as well. He's done so much for this team this year. And I mean, even the, you know, you even listen to the broadcasters saying how much, how much Doran Armstrong has improved. He was a raw talent coming out of Kansas and it's finally starting to pay off and I'm not going to give too much credit to the Joneses. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to give more credit to uh to Dan Quinn. I think, you know, you gotta, you gotta give Dan Quinn, you know, you know, I mean, he gets a lot of love, but I mean, Dan Quinn, has shaped Dorrance Armstrong into a, a a formidable player, and I think I think you know we're gonna we're not we haven't seen the best out of out of Armstrong yet. I think there's there's better there's a higher there's a higher ceiling to this guy.
1: Um, Dave Sturcio did not give us his answers uh, for this Google Doc. You totally can search, but he would like everybody to know that his New York Yankees got swept in the American League Championship Series against. My Houston Astros, they're um, they're such a fraudulent team, they couldn't even win one game after taking all those victory laps in June. Uh, so great job, Yankees! Good job butchering the contract situation with one of the best players in the world. Um, great job, we're all proud of you. Uh, finally, that brings us to who is the Dallas Cowboys MVP right now. Now, everybody took Micah Parsons that filled this out, except for two people, those two people did not agree on who they put on who they picked so we have three total suggestions again with Micah being the overwhelming favorite I imagine all the commenters are going to say Micah Parsons Um, do we think that any buddy here did not take Micah Parsons Uh, if if they did can you just bounce them
3: just off the show
1: so I don't like to spoil things as evidenced by my hatred towards Tony doing it Hellman took Micah Parsons so we're all clear Uh, (laughs) I, I don't want anybody to like be worried about a wild card there uh, so do, does anybody think that the other four of you took anybody other than Micah Parsons?
2: Tom's giving it away, I think.
1: <laughs> uh, Kevin says minus five for anyone not picking Micah. Tom is one of the people who did not pick Micah Parsons. Does anybody think the other one is one of Danny, Tony, or Brandon?
2: I would have guessed Talman, but he already said it wasn't. So
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's you know. Kalman's had an interesting episode. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> it was not. It was Tom and Jess Navarre's who has had some shout-outs here as well. Who would be justifiable picks for Tom or Jess? If you have to stretch, if you have to give it to somebody that isn't Micah Parsons, who would be a justifiable pick?
6: And let, me, let me give you a hint because I didn't... No, Tom, you're going to spoil one.
1: it. No, let's be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, I will say this. it I, let it can be a player. It can be a, a coach. It can be uh, a team. I guess that's the best way to say this. Um, so, like, it's not just necessarily one player. So,
3: has to be – okay. They're not watching any Cowboys game. <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, uh, I think it's Sean Payton –
1: That would be really funny.
4: You could make an argument,
1: right? Like he propelled, you know, this in in some way. form. yeah. He motivated them, but it is not Sean Payton. Um, What would be the most defensible answer for you, Tony? The most defensible non-Mica answer.
2: I would think it's his coach, Dan Quinn. I would think Danny. Danny, what would be
1: your most defensible answer?
3: Yeah, if we can go coaches,
1: Dan Quinn, Um, Halman. I. I think maybe Mike McCarthy throw a curveball in there. Well done. But uh, Brandon, who would be your most defensible non Micah Parsons answer?
5: Dan, Dan Quinn easily.
1: All right. So great job guys making this entertaining and all offering the same answer. Really appreciate that. Uh, but <laughs> it was not Dan Quinn. Jess Navarrez answered Dak Prescott. So the, those of you who were upset about <laughs> the offensive MVP, uh, you can take that issue up with her. That means that Tom did not take Dak Prescott. Tom took somebody who wasn't Dak, wasn't Micah, Tom, you can offer one clue to
6: your group here. It's five and one.
1: Tom, what the hell? Is... <laughs> <laughs> so, does anybody have a guess what the five and one is?
3: So, I have a question. Yo, so, we just did. We just did a offensive MVP, and Tom went Dak Prescott. Am I correct? That's. That is correct. All right, I just want to make sure I'm seeing this episode correctly. <laughs> okay,
1: continue. Um, does anybody have a, a guess based off of Tom's clue? I'll
5: just say Cooper Rush. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's where I'm going.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think Dak Prescott his offensive MVP. Tom,
1: i am, be like, I apologize. I thought you gave it away with your clue. He said uh, it he was, gave it away. It was no, five and it one. It's Tom answered the offensive line. Uh, I I can't believe none of you picked that up. Uh, So minus a thousand points to all of you. Rob Bush did say (laughs) D-line or O-line. Tom, why is the offensive line
6: the MVP of the Dallas Cowboys so far this season
1: over Micah Parsons?
6: Because going into this season, I thought their bungling of the offensive line as in not going out and getting more help other than Jason Peters at the last minute was going to torpedo this season. Uh, I, I just was dreading what was going to happen. I didn't see that things were going to work out. And they have performed so far above expectations. And it also just goes back to my my belief that the success of a, of a team starts up front. Uh, we, we knew that the defensive line was was supposed to be good. But when the offensive line has stood up, they kept Cooper Rush alive. Uh, and then you look at the fact that Tony Pollard has had some fantastic runs. Well, almost all of them have come behind some really great blocking up front. And uh that I think and there's also been some runs for Ezekiel Elliott. It's like the there was a comment made that, you know, there's there's plays where Tony Pollard goes out and gets a good chunk that Elliott would still have gotten 10 or 12 yards out of it. You know, it's just Pollard has that extra gear that seems to get him another 10, 15, 20 yards sometimes. And I just think that the way that they've come together, overcome all of the shuffling, having to try to, you know, make changes the last minute, uh, you know, the relying on, on Tyler Smith. It just, to me, they ha- are, the, are carrying the offense, keeping this team alive. And now the Cowboys are sitting here at six and two, and the future looks very bright for closing out the season.
1: Did Tom move anybody at all?
3: Probably not. He, he made a good case. I mean, it, it, it gets swept under the rug just how well this offensive line has played and, you know, how reliable they've been all season. And um so, I mean, that's that's a I mean, just when Tom, I think Tom can't say anything sillier. He says goes something like that and just totally redeems himself. So good job there, Tom.
1: Um You all said Micah Parsons outside of him, uh, outside of Tom here, at least just um, said Dak Prescott has mentioned. There's nothing we can offer, right? Like, I mean, Micah's amazing. Like, we could sit here and, like, rip through stats. Like, we're all, like, self-aware enough. Um, so three words to describe Micah Parsons from those who picked him. Tony Catalina.
2: Unbelievably consistent player.
1: Danny. Most valuable
4: player. Nice. Uh, Howman. The lion backer.
1: Nice. Uh, Brandon.
5: Really bleeping good.
1: All well done. Um Tom, you want to give three words?
6: You can't stop him.
0: <laughs> the results I
1: are left in the he off. The, re- the uh, results are in and uh, the competition's closed. Nobody exercised the duel. Sad day for me. Um in last place. Look, I I listen to the crowd. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, you know, fight the crowd on anything. Howman they did not like you tonight. All right, so, <laughs> so you've you've done really well in these in the past, but this was a tough thing. Maybe next time go context over the glass. Just you know, uh, word of advice. Fifty points for David Howman in uh, in last not place. Not much
4: love for Dan Quinn. Um,
1: a tie for what is second place goes to Tom Ryle. That last answer really hindered you, Tom. Again, you know the commenters could have helped you out. Uh, and Brandon. Both at 53 points. So, Brandon, you did not answer the offensive line at the very end. But, you know, just that's kind of the way the math broke tonight. Now, we have a tie for first place right now um, between Danny Phantom and Tony Canelina. Both of you had 55 points. There's my math in case you want to see it. Um, Tony, I'm going to give you the choice. You can either win outright or you can split it with Dan. And I don't think any of us are going to judge you if you just want to take the title for yourself. But you got you got the 20-point answer right. So, consider that without those 20 points, you had 35 points. Uh, so, that's pretty um, good. Um, do you want to keep it all to yourself or do you want to split it with Danny? Your choice. Give it to us, please. And why? Mm-hmm. If you want to stand to do it, that might be appropriate, but you know.
2: <laughs> uh, you, you know what? I'm not going to stand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't earn it. So, I kind of want to give it to Danny outright.
1: So you just want to give it up completely, even though that wasn't a choice.
2: I didn't earn it. I didn't earn it.
1: Are you freaking serious right
2: now? Listen, I I would, you know, what they say about ties in, in your sister? So I don't really want a tie, and I didn't earn it, so I'll give it to Danny Phantom.
3: You know, I think I, I, uh, I think you know he could have he could have totally went Johnny Bananas there and just took it for himself. That's- Thank you, Dan. I, I, well I, I done. The- you know what?
1: After that, I mean, the winner, Danny Phantom. I mean, seriously, Tony, what are you doing? Throwing this away? What on oh, earth? Get out of here with this humble pie. Look at Kevin <laughs> says minus five Tony for having no fight in him. He's acting like the Bears defense. Tony, you <laughs> should have taken it and run. Danny, congratulations on winning uh, tonight's roundtable. What do you have to say to Tony, to Tom, to Halman, to Brandon, to whoever you want? It's yours. You
3: know, I just want to say. I actually just want to say to the to our listeners, you know, I, I, uh, you know, appreciative of. Uh, you know, it hasn't been a good week for me on on Twitter. I mean, uh, so it's actually nice to come to this place and be around people that actually um, understand this team. So I just want to give props to to all you guys. So.
1: Hmm. Tom, what would you have done? Would you have kept it to yourself or split it with Danny?
6: I probably would have split it just because I'm a collegial kind of guy.
1: Howman, what would you have done?
4: I want to win. I would have gone for it for, for myself.
1: Brandon?
5: I would have split it with Danny. I mean, he got a shout-out from Micah Parsons this week. So, I mean, let's. I got to give him some love on that.
1: Kyle says Danny is the man. Uh, seriously, Tony, do you regret? this as bad, after seeing the fallout
2: being compared to the Bears defense you know what the next one I win I'm gonna earn it you know and it's gonna feel that much better so I'm you not did earn it. it you picked up 20 points by knowing Jake Ferguson yeah but he had to throw in the 35 point comment in there so like I'm 120 question away from being dead last I can't Tony, you think yeah. Nick
1: Foles cares about his Super Bowl Do you think fair he enough. feels like he didn't earn it you think he fair enough he, that you think that bothers him
2: Carson you Wentz think Cooper MVP, Rush yeah. feels like he
1: didn't earn those four wins you that
2: could have been you could have been me. I, be I did I felt like Cooper Rush in this episode. So
1: <laughs> fair. Um Kevin wants to know if it is you under the glasses, Hellman. Um this was a really like kind of alter ego episode for you, at least as far as your reception is concerned. Um wow. Very interesting. What was your favorite thing that anybody said, Brandon? It could be something that you said if you want.
5: I, I oh man, put me on the spot on that one. I, I, I don't this know. Isn't, I, this isn't this
1: isn't a game for kids, Brandon. All right, this is an adults game. <laughs>
5: Everybody did a good job. I mean, I, and there was a lot of good things thrown around. I, you know, I can't just pick one.
1: Tom, what was your favorite thing that somebody else said?
5: Oh,
6: it was you picking on Jess, obviously.
1: I didn't do anything. Those are the answers. <laughs> I'm just reading. Um, wow. Tony, what was your favorite thing that someone else said?
2: Uh, um, I'd love, you know what? I, it's going to be a softball answer, but everything Hammond says, I, I think it's either good or funny. So everything Haman says. How do you feel about being such a lightning rod
1: this evening, Helman?
4: I mean, I'm I'm happy to be you know be a martyr this week, mm-hmm. stand up for the you know, the truth. Meritocracy. And you know, people people were against Galileo back in the day. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like I'm in good company.
1: That's pretty incredible. All right, Danny, you know the rules. As the BTV roundtable winner, you get to pick somebody who is not me to make a random noise as we leave you also if you would like get to pick that noise yourself or you can pick somebody else to make the noise um so how, how do you want to divvy this up so i would like tony to pick the noise and
3: since Halman just you know showed up today with the with his overton uh <laughs> comment i think that uh that was that was a snap right in the helmet so i think Halman should have to do the, the punishment
1: Okay, Tony. Last time you were charged with picking a noise. It did mm-hmm. not go well. <laughs> so, true. pick something cool. You have a minute to gather yourself. You can solicit advice from Tom and Brandon if you want. But stick okay. the landing.
2: Tom, Brandon, what do you guys think? <laughs> we got to make it a good one.
5: There you go. A lion. Yeah.
2: Give give me like a give me like a ferocious lion roar. Like not some baby How, how
3: about How about a sassy lion? lion?
2: Well sassy lion might not hurt either. (laughs) Give us a little give us a little attitude with that lion roar.
1: Okay. Well done, Tony. Well done. All right. All right. Sassy lion. All right.